Uh, if you remember last week, we spoke with Grant Buckskin. He is the acting chief of police on the Blood Reserve down in southern Alberta. And this spring, they decided to, in their words, go to war with the opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that was plaguing that First Nation. It's still early. Okay, they only started this back in May. Uh, but they're reporting some success. When they started, they were at about 26 overdose deaths in a month. Uh, now it's been brought down to about five or six. So there's optimism there. Um, but as you know, there is so much hardship in so many. I mean, listen, five to six overdose deaths in a month is still tragic. Let's not, you know, downplay that. Uh, it, it's better. But we know there are so many places uh, around the country, around the world that are really, really struggling with this, including in our province. In northern Alberta, the Athabasca Tribal Council has declared a state of emergency as they, too, struggle with this situation that so many uh, different communities are trying to deal with. So to help us understand what's going on and what they're trying to do, we've got a couple of guests joining us. Carla Buffalo is the Chief Executive Officer with the Athabasca Tribal Council. She's here today along with Chief Alan Adam. Um, oops, uh, Sarah, I lost uh, Carla. I, 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 yeah, can you get her back? Thank you. Uh, Chief, I've got you for now. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get Carla back. But first of all, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yep. Um, okay, um, let's get to uh, the situation. What, tell us what's going on. Um, it's five different First Nations that are part of the Athabasca Tribal Council. So what is the situation that you're dealing with? Just give us the lay of the land, Chief. Well, what we're dealing with is that we're dealing with an opioid crisis that's out of hand. Um, we don't have no programs in place to combat it uh, whatsoever. Um the waiting time for a treatment center uh, to get help is probably about six to eight months. And when we have uh, people that uh, want to uh, stop and get help, there is no help available for anyone. And what that happens is that it gets deteriorated and they continue to go down that path and uh, seem to just uh, go to a dark hole and some of them just don't come back from there. And I know for a fact that over the last six, you know, since January, the statistics show that we lost over 30 people within the region. But in, in reality, when, when it comprises of everyone that's all together within the list of the membership, my calculation is probably over 60 because uh, my three relatives, my brother and my two nephews, um, are not recorded in the census that were uh, handed out uh, in this region. And they just passed away within the last three months. So, I mean, like you say, we're, the number that we heard was 60. How how high do you think it might be, Chief? It's about around 60-something uh, altogether. If you, put it, if you put it in numbers without... Uh, because people... Uh, statistics go this way. Uh, with, within the region of Wood Buffalo, it's recorded around 30 people. But outside of Wood Buffalo, like Edmonton, Calgary, other areas... These are still our people. Yeah, yeah. They still come from home. And the numbers don't add up to what the statistics say within the region of Wood Buffalo because outside of our whole thing, it's over 60. Okay, gotcha. Makes sense. Uh, Carla, we've got you back. Just give me some of the logistics here. We're talking about five different nations that make up the Athabasca Tribal Council, right? That's correct. And all the nations came together. Was there a decision that this needed to be done? How did you get to the point where the state of emergency over mental health and addiction should be declared? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, last uh, spring, the chiefs and councils of the five First Nations in the area came together, and when they were reflecting on what was happening in the communities, they realized the amount of losses that we've recently had uh, were far exceeding the amount of deaths that we had uh, from the response from the COVID-19 pandemic. And so the First Nations got together and just said that enough is enough. They really need to ensure that there's culturally safe, uh, locally available resources, resources available to support our, our communities that are available within our region. And that um, message of being united really came through loud and clear. And they directed us to develop a task force and are now wanting us to reach out for provincial, federal and industry partners to assist us in finding the solutions that we need within our region. Yeah, Chief, walk me through that. Let's go through what the ask is and the partnership that you're looking for. What is it you're looking for from the provincial and federal government specifically? We'll get to industry in a second, but first, what do you need from government? We need resources in regards to uh, funding um, because we have to combat this in a way where we have to understand the needs of the people that are in crisis. And right now, the need is that we need uh, treatment beds mm-hmm. available. And uh, if we don't have that, and we don't have the lack of resources, and I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it to you straightforward this way: like, even though we have this conversation right now as we speak, I got a call last night at ten o'clock asking. Can I put one of our people inside a treatment center because uh, the family only found out that he's hooked on opioids? So how am I supposed to deal with a situation like that when we don't have funding? And I basically said it straight out, like the only avenue we have for funding is to go to ACFN at ACF, uh, info at acfn.com and see if they would be able to help you because as a chief, I'm tied. I cannot just say, yes, I'm going to pay for your treatment center. I'm going to pay for everything right now from the band's funds. I can't do it because we have a budget that's set in place. And if I go above that budget, then I'm going to run into a deficit, which I can't afford. So the government needs to fund and the money specifically is for treatment. That, that, that's what you're asking the government to help you to build more treatment facilities in Northern Alberta. That's what it says, and, and, and help fund the organization to make to maintain it, to make sure that you know we have a program that's in place that's going to work and and uh, be sustainable. But uh, you know we can't just put a bandaid on something and say, okay, we're just going to do it for three years or five years. We'll, we'll put a program in place for that amount or send a memo. You know, this this thing took uh, decades in mm-hmm. the making to happen, and uh, it's going to take decades in the making to make it unhappen. But in the meantime, there's going to be sacrifices in between. Also, you're calling on local industry, and we know there's some some big, big industry up there um, that you would like to see them involved as well. You think it's their responsibility to help out in this area too. What are you asking for from industry? Well, we're looking at, you know, sitting, finding ways to see how we could combat this thing, because... Uh, one of the things that we, we noticed, and I'm going to say it bluntly, ever since they had their drug and alcohol uh, policy in place, they combat marijuana back in the day that's called uh, cannabis today. It takes six weeks for cannabis to clear your system. So therefore, the people that wanted to work for the industry, because of the opioids, only stays in the system for three days, 
a lot of people change their mind frame from cannabis to opioids. And in the frame, they all got hooked in it. And that's a known fact in this region. Because of policies in order to work for certain industry, you needed to have a clean test, and you can do that on opioids faster than you can with marijuana. Yes, that's a clean factor, and, and everybody knows it in the, in the industry. Like, if you, do, if you do opioids, you're going to be out of your system probably within three days. But if you do uh, cannabis, it's going to be in your system for six weeks. Yeah, yeah. So take your pick. And a lot of people took their pick, and, and now we're in a crisis now. And nobody wants, to, um, nobody wants to ante up and say, okay, this is not our problem. Let's just leave it to the, to the people that are doing it. So what, what is it specifically you're asking industry to do? Well, we're asking industry to help us in, in uh, formulate, even if they could come up with funds and everything to help combat this and, uh, you know, come away with uh, resources to help us build treatment centers within our region. Maybe that's what is required. We don't know at this point in time because we are having a problem, and the problem that we're having within our communities that we're having gang wars because uh, the crisis is, uh, is so overwhelmed that the local uh, police force is having a hard time uh, keeping uh, these, uh, you know, um, organized crime at bay. Let me ask you, Chief, because like I say, we spoke with um, representatives of the of the Blood Reserve last week who put in a million and a half of their own money, formed their own task force, started cracking down on dealers. What have you done? Uh, like you say, this crisis has been decades in the making. What, what have you done as the Athabasca Tribal Council or as chief of your particular nation? What, what steps have you taken already? The steps we have taken is that we're raising awareness in regards to all the crises that are happening, because that's the only thing we can do. We don't have a police force. Uh, we have we have plans in place, but like I said, you know, we could spend 1.5 million dollars as well because we have that within our our um, our program, but we just don't have the funds to initiate it. And, and if I take 1.5 million dollars away from other programs, from education, health, housing, and everything that's a, a need. What am I doing? I'm just putting the nation into a deficit where I believe that uh, this shouldn't happen. Uh, and how am I supposed to combat that that situation other than to raise awareness? And if I don't raise awareness, um, then we as leaders are going to be tied, you know, have our hands tied behind our back. And uh, government officials won't even be able to shake our hand because uh, we are tied with community issues that are like our uh, lacking uh, funding in regards to the crisis that is happening all over Canada. Carla, let me ask you, um, where does this go from here? You, you've declared the public state of emergency uh, over mental health and addiction. Um, you, you've asked the government to come to the table. You've asked industry to come to the table. Where does this go from here? Uh, just to build on what uh, Chief Adam was uh, speaking to, I, I think one of the main things that we have going on right now is we've been engaging with community members and organizations to develop a task force. That task force has really been trying to identify the specific actions uh, that are relevant for each community and the resources we need at a regional level. And so the next step is we're really uh, developing out the business plans on the next steps that we need uh, to really 
support the development of detox treatment and post-treatment supports. That's really the other piece that um, maybe has been missing from some of this conversation is if we send people off to treatment, but they return back into our home community without the right supports, we will be no further ahead. So we're really developing uh, culturally relevant local uh, solutions. And the next step after that is to continue working with federal, provincial, municipal, and industry partners to ensure that we can get sustainable funding to support those business plans. Okay. Um, Chief Adam and, and Carla Buffalo, thank you both for being here today. I do appreciate your time.